15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. How are you ladies doing today? Good. Be at the yab on the sexy voice, boy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, back and now. <laughs> you know, I always got to fight the power voice. Yeah, oh, oh the military <laughs> voice. Wow. How are you doing, Hello, everyone? <laughs> I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. We know how Terry's doing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Terry is on 105 as usual. Yes, she That's is. That's passion. That is that is all passion That's and we all. love it we love it we welcome it but talking about fighting the power we're gonna jump right into our episode which is passing the baton and we're gonna talk about black history month talk about a little bit what that perspective is from our point of view Sakafet, you're listening to unfiltered Lyman with blt Every week, we will reflect on our journeys on trying to navigate between our parents' traditional culture versus American culture. We are your hosts, Bertide, Lisa, and Terry. No one's talking, so let's get unfiltered. Talk about Black History Month. From my perspective, I'll start of what that means or what I perceived it to be or what I understand it to be from being of um, Caribbean and also, you know, being raised here in America. Black History Month and, and passing this baton, this Black, you know, history baton to me, going to school here. I did not feel in my perspective that that was such a strong um there was such a strong example of passing the baton. Um, you learn the same thing. I feel like every February in black history month. And I feel like there's so much other perspective when it comes to black history, um, that now, like, I feel like in today's century, the kids have a little bit more that they're learning from my perspective about black history, from when I grew up. And I also know being of, you know, Haitian descent, Haitians have a lot of history also, and not only their, you know, history um, as being the first black, you know, um, independent nation, but also in helping some of the movement, the civil rights movement with the, you know, the injustice that was happening in this, in the United States. And I think a lot of times we don't look at, I, from my perspective, I don't feel like, the big picture when it came to our history as a people was really conveyed or when I was growing up or talked about in my household as an adult, I have more of those conversation now because I understand a little bit more about who I am 
And so, B, let me just ask a question and I'm, I'm just jumping in right yeah, here. Go ahead. So in your household, did your parents or the elders speak about, um, the culture? Uh, they, they never spoke about that in your household about how they, how it was, how they lived or what happened or, you know, was any of that part of conversation? Um, I would have to say directly in my household, like my mom and my dad, no, they did not. And I don't know if it's because, again, coming to America, you understand what I mean? Like there's the mindset is now that they're in America, maybe. But I know certain um, other family members and other Haitians that I would be around. They would talk about it and they would be like, you know, um, talk about their leaders, you know, Toussaint Louverture and all those people that that fought for the Haitian independence and those people. But inside directly in my household, no, they didn't talk about it. Um, it wasn't until later, like until I met one of my aunts, she's the, my mom's older sister. She talks about that history a lot more and she's more open because um, to talk about, you know, how it was, how proud she is of, you know, the things that happened and how it came about. So, no, not with my mom and dad, unfortunately. And I think that was probably one of the main reasons I feel like I didn't really know that there was a baton <laughs> if I, you know what I mean if nobody's talking about it you don't know that there's a baton that needs to be passed or there's a baton that you need you know what I mean so now I know that there's a baton that needs to be passed because I have a son you know what I mean so I want him to know so I'm doing my my due diligence to make sure that I'm doing all I can and have the conversation so that way I could wherever that baton was left or not left you know what I'm saying that I'm picking it up and I'm saying okay even though it wasn't properly passed on to me for whatever reason because I haven't had that conversation with my mom as to maybe why her mindset was or why she didn't you know what I mean because until you have the conversation you don't know why people do or don't do certain things but for me I'm more aware to know that okay my son and the next generation needs to know like hey there's a baton here and let's you know pick it up run with it do what we need to do um, do you think that them being here in America that they were not proud to be Haitians. And I'm just asking the question. And the reason why I asked that specific question is because I know that growing up, a lot of Haitians didn't come out and wasn't like, yeah, I'm Haitian. Mm -hmm. because They got such a bad rap for whatever the reason is. Um, that's why I'm asking, do you think that maybe they didn't say too much because maybe they didn't feel, you know, proud or they or maybe they didn't know or what what do what do you what was you your thought my process mm -hmm. so i feel um older haitians they didn't care so i didn't i don't feel like it was that was not proud but i feel like i think we've talked about it on the show before you know when you come to america you put your head down and you work mm -hmm. right you're trying to whatever the goal is you're working you're sending money back home so i don't feel like they're um, maybe focused 
mm-hmm. was as much on that history because it's their history. So they learn it. I feel like when they're in Haiti and talking to my cousin that went to school there, they learn about their history. Like they memorize it. They learn about it. But it's like an ongoing thing. It's not like, first of all, one month and they're not learning. They are learning about the whole history mm-hmm. of Haiti because that's, you know what I'm saying? But again, goes back to Haiti, like that's their homeland, right? So they have a history to learn, like their home learning about their own history. And maybe that's a question for us to answer. Is it because this is not our home, technically, America, we came in as slaves, that our history is different? Because I have friends that are from Africa and from other places. They know their history because they were raised in their country of birth right of origin where it's passed down so i don't know maybe that could be the case maybe if i was born in haiti you know what i'm saying it was raised maybe they would be more open or i would have learned about it maybe that's the case um but i don't think it's be i don't i don't believe it's, it's not because they were not proud i just think it was because hey we're here in america land of opportunity i'm gonna keep my head down work you're here to make your life better we're providing you with this opportunity so that's what we're gonna focus on and maybe they didn't know about you know that they was important to that there was a baton you know what i'm saying going back to the baton that it was important for them to continue even though they're in america to continue that that conversation, I guess. I think you're absolutely correct. And then we also have to keep in mind too, with American history, American history has many facets to it. Mm -hmm. Number one, but black history month really is African American history month. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. And it's one month out of a whole entire year. And then I think your upbringing has a lot to do with it. Again, in my household, we didn't talk about the African-American history. Um, our parents were telling us about history of Dominica because mm-hmm. that's what they know. Because in mm-hmm. back in their country, it wasn't just one month, Dominican History Month. They learned it all year round, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, I, for me, I went to an all-white high school. So they're going to teach you very surface level mm-hmm. things about African-American history. For example, Madam C. C.J. Mm-hmm. Walker, which actually I don't even think they really harp too nope. much on it. No, nope. I think, um, of course, you know, I feel like everybody talks about Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't think they talked about Malcolm X. Mm-mm. They talked about George Washington Carver, you mm-hmm. know, because he made so many products from peanuts, like over 300 products from peanuts. But it was very... Booker huh? T. Washington. Yep. And it, I think it was very surface level. You know what I mean? It's not until we got older and we're t- ourselves taking the initiative, mm-hmm. picking up the baton and being like, hey, let me, I want to learn a, bit, a little bit more about the African-American history. I live here. I was born here. Let me learn and understand the struggles mm-hmm. of the African-Americans that are here. Right. Mm-hmm. So. At that point, I feel like we're picking up the baton on our own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in our home that it was pa- the baton was passed to us. You're absolutely right. African-American history. I just want to be very clear on that because you could say they did pass the baton on our home country's Mm -hmm. history. You could say that. But as far as African-American, no. So moving forward, yes, we need to educate 
the younger generation. And, you know, the beautiful thing about Google now is that no one has no excuse for not knowing Mm -hmm. what your history is. Where back when we were younger, we had encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you guys have that? And if, and if I, I need our fan, if they, people know what that is, please comment if you know what that is. Maybe you come in the big box. But wait a minute. It wasn't just at, you didn't buy it at the store. It was a salesman that no. came to your house, yep. you know, to sell you these encyclopedias. And everybody had the encyclopedias from A to Z. Z okay, yeah. and it was a hard cover, each mm-hmm. one of them. So, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and then you had to switch them out after a couple of years, because I remember, I think when I was younger, it was red, but then when I got older, it was blue. Mm-hmm. It was blue, <laughs> hard cover. Yeah. Every stuff. household every household had that. Or if you did it in the library, public library, that's why public library. Yes. Go but again, there. that's paper and it's printed. Mm-hmm. It's only surface levels, whereas Google, more information. Mm-hmm. And I think also too it's a beautiful thing with the movement from 2020 and Mm -hmm. all the facets of 2020 is that it also caused people to go and dig a little deeper and Mm -hmm. learn a little bit more and not just take face value what someone tells you about african-american history Mm -hmm. to really truly understand the struggle so so basically they told us coming up what they wanted us to know to limit us from the information that was already out there because if you look on Google and if you go on Google or Wikipedia and all that up to to get information on it it gives you the depth of you know so many things that we as black brown people we have been the first for that they do not and will not give us credit for however these people that are in the forefront are prime example like a Malcolm X or a uh, Martin Luther King or like you said a the Carver, George Carver. Am I saying his name right? No, Washington Carver. I'm sorry. Did I say his name right? George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver. Correct. So just with that, they put them on the forefront for us to be like, oh my God. All right. So we have somebody in our corner, whereas it's a laundry list of Mm -hmm. things and people who have been the first to do things that they are not giving credit for. And we must, we must make sure that the generation behind us coming up know that. And like you said, Lisa, to your point, which is a great thing. Yes. I'm glad that we have the information of available to us that we could be able to look and dig and seek and confirm mm-hmm. that is the word to confirm mm-hmm. that th- confirm all that we have done and all that we will continue to do exactly so, got to pass that baton that's right that's definitely right so um i know for in the trinidad and tobago you know i have to get that little <laughs> Uh, ping, 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 ping. Thank you, Vertit. See, I love she is feeding into my foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> but for as for the Trinidad and Tobago culture, my mother, she stand up on her hind legs for Trinidad. She ride for that. My family are very, very proud people of the Trinidad culture. 
and whatever information that they know, they definitely have passed it on, whether it's food, because what she did tell me was that they produce lots oil something. I, I can't, you know, I don't want to say it wrong and then somebody come back and say, oh, you know what you're talking about, but it has <laughs> something to do with oil. That's, that's what I know. But they... I think it's a large oil manufacturer or something like that. In Trinidad? Yes. 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 Wow. So those are things that I didn't know. And I was like, wow. And it's a proud thing when you come from someplace mm-hmm. to be able to, it's a badge of honor that you could say those things. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to continue, you know, and then I'm finding out that Christopher Columbus, you know, came and he discovered uh, Trinidad. Exactly. And it had about 40,000 people on there. So I'm saying to myself, if there's 40,000 people on there already and how you discovered it, you know, a million dollar question. So we still ask. Exactly. And then then he gave the name, you know, the to Trinidad, which was the larger island in honor of the Holy Trinity. So, yes, 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 yes. That's part of the, that's what was in, that's in the history. However, however, how are you going to be proud that you came see again is, you know, white people trying to snatch up and say, oh, I did it. I did it. I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's 40,000 people. It wasn't like five people. And you say, OK, you know what? I'm going to stand up and and, you know, and give us a name or let's come together and say, OK, anybody got any ideas for names? No. 40,000 people. You know, somebody was there first and they was probably living good. And he come and disrupt the flow. Oh, yeah, of course. But here, oh, wow. here we are today. And even see as the big truck passing, that is a signal that what I tell him is truth. But just to piggyback on what you said, yes, you're right. The Trinidad and Tobago is the largest oil and natural gas producer in the Caribbean. Mm. See, big truck coming down. See, that's how you know. Whenever I just speak the truth and he is, he's coming down. Yes, if you don't come down, sometimes you know you're a little slow, but. (laughs) but it's always gonna come so since sarah opened up the door i'm gonna walk right through it unfiltered unfiltered so this is again my opinion (laughs) my perspective don't nobody come after me because you're not gonna find me anyway so how how i feel is like Terry, you brought it up like I'm sure a lot of people are going to be shocked about what you said about Trinidad being one of the largest oil manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like if you look at a lot of the black islands, West Indies Island, Africa, all those, there's a lot of resources. Right. And they per se, like you said, Christopher Columbus and they as you know, people now they invest in our islands. They invest in our countries and you have yeah. to wonder sometimes why we don't again goes back to they I feel like also the, the, the part about passing the baton. I feel like they've also kind of like put this negative picture for us to let go of the baton to not make that baton so important, but yet they know the importance of our baton, right? So Mm. it's like they're investing and they're using the natural gases of or whatever natural resources of the island 
and it's like, but we don't know. Like, they know more about our history sometimes. And like you said, they only give us the surface level because then they're reselling it to us. So then it's like, we're using, like, all the stuff that's out there. It's like our own stuff that we're buying because they're giving, they're feeding it to us. So we're not taking the time to kind of like, wait a minute. That came from Haiti. That came from Trinidad. That came from, so why am I buying my own? Like, why are you selling me my own stuff? Like these, these investors, even if you think about African-American history, they were the first to do X, Y, Z, right? But the thing is like, they're selling it to us. Like that's their stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy to me. Like they're selling us our own dream. And it's like, wait a minute. No, if you really put everything that we've done we should have more power and wealth and like, we should be like, damn, like. That's why if you keep your finger down on the people, you only put your finger down on people and things that you fear. Correct. Mm -hmm. So they instill that in us to keep us at bay because they really know we're Kings and Queens, Mm -hmm. scientists, brilliant. But see these things, the, but, to speak to what you said, Bertine, these natural resources that we have, the reason why we don't think it's like a oh wow thing is because it's like we have the it's in, it's in the backyard, so we could pick it, grow it, pump it, whatever, and we have it. So when they come and they see it, it's like gold to them. So what they do is they wrap it up in a bowl now and make mm-hmm. it pretty. And that's how they serve it back up and say, oh, look at look at how look at how pretty this is and stuff like that. I'll sell it back to you, you know. So, of course, when you but see that's my come- point, Terry, if we know that they're selling like you like you just said, we know that that's our resources. Why the hell are we buying it from them? It's my question. Like if you coming to me, you went to my backyard and stole something from me. Mm-hmm. I know you came in my backyard. You the thief. I'm looking for you. And I see you stepping up to my door and I know you done stole something from me. I'm taking my shotgun after you. What the hell are you coming over here? You understand what I'm saying? Like Because I think that they play it down for us. So if I tell you, uh, you know something, Lisa, you know something, that that ain't that ain't all that. But in the back of their head, they mm-hmm. calculating and saying, Oh shit, this is something good here. I could take it. Okay, so then that's when they take it. You know what? Let me take let, let me lighten your load and I'll take that off your hand. You don't need that. So mm. once I take that and like I said, put it in a nice packaging and stuff like that, they selling it back. But then when we sometimes we are so ignorant mm. that we don't stop and say, but wait. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that the Trinidad side, but wait. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my stuff. Mm-hmm. You send it back to me. We purchase it. Mm-hmm. We pay top dollar for it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we get in this this uh this bubbly state, mm-hmm. you know, where we ain't thinking. So mm-hmm. again, that that puts us back, that pushes us back there. Mm-hmm. And in like I said, in the history, we made it. Mm-hmm. We made it. Mm-hmm. So there, there you have it right there. What what happened, Lisa? Because I see you perking up to say something. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that it goes back to where I've said in previous episodes is that we have to buy black. But we have to stand mm-hmm. just like 
Jill said, we have to stand strong in what we have Mm -hmm. and in our truth. We have something, we need to be able to expound on it. And we have to make sure that, you know, we get it out within our community Mm -hmm. and, you know, keep circulating again by the black, by Mm -hmm. the black. Keep the money in the community. Keep the money in the community. And the other thing too, I want to point out, because I feel like this ties in to what you all just said into our podcast. And I'm going to articulate this the best that I can without getting emotional. It's the fact that it goes back to you have to be able to be open and receptive to each other. You cannot be prejudiced. You cannot have the mindset like, oh, I'm on, we the best, right? And like you over here on your own. So why I say that is because a lot of times and they... Like they make people think Haiti is like crap. Mm-hmm. They make you think Africa is like crap. Mm-hmm. They make you think all these West Indies, like they can't, they unruly. They can't govern themselves. They're poor. They're this and they're that. We're yet, but yet most of the resources that are out there are from these places, right? Or from these countries. So how can we be so unruly, so undisciplined, so crap, you know what I'm saying? As people and as a nation, but you're coming to invest. Like I want really black people to understand that. Caucasian folks or anybody, if you're in business that you invest, you never invest in something if it's crap. Mm-hmm. you're not going there to invest if it's crap mm-hmm. so the thing about it is when somebody comes up to me and it's like well Haiti you know y'all really poor or Africa they got AIDS they got this really but then they're investing they're going like they're not scared of getting malaria for what they believe they're going to get a profit out of so mm-hmm. we're sitting there paying all this money all these things like I was listening to something on Instagram that said like on Christmas Day after Christmas Day Black Friday in Philadelphia alone Black folks will spend billions of dollars, right, on Black Friday. And then we want to complain that we don't have the right school. We don't have this in our neighborhood. But then Black Friday, just in Philadelphia alone, we're spending billions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just mind boggling to me how the money we spend on things that are so materialistic. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Instead of building, because we have the money, we have the wealth. I'm talking just like outside of America as well, because the thing about it is if you really go down to the origin, all right, we were brought here as slaves, right? African-Americans. So the thing is your origin, like your wealth, like do your research, Lisa, like you're always saying your history to find out where you're, you're coming from. So you can have a sense of identity So you could also know, okay, this is my identity. All right. So how do I, how do I perceive my identity and how do I move forward with my identity and be proud of my identity and know that, okay, I'm going to do things differently. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making sense of what I'm saying, but I just feel like as a history of a people, there's so much out there and yeah, it's something, sometimes it's sad to think about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. if you yeah. notice the Jewish people, mm-hmm. if you know the story of the Rockefellers and how they became mm-hmm. where they are, the that, oil, yep. Mm-hmm. What they did is they kept everything in the family, all the lineage, mm-hmm. everything. It was in the family. So first cousin was marrying third cousins because they wanted to keep it 
in the mm-hmm. family. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why do you think they, they look at them? They have a street named after them and they, they, they have they, a plaza. Okay. So that mindset right there, they kept it together. The mm-hmm. question is, why can't we do that? We what can do the same. We can, do the, we can, and I feel like we have at some point, but mm-hmm. then we're allowed to be infiltrated. Mm-hmm. And we have to do a better job of communicating, educating one another, and sticking together. And protecting, and protecting, protecting one another. Yeah, you're right. Protecting one another. And not being afraid. I feel like, like you said, Lisa, like, I feel like we're afraid of a minority mm-hmm. and I understand why, right? I understand why that is because again, we don't have, so going to, to Terry's point, I feel like the difference is also with the Jewish is that they also have control in government. Mm. They have control in policies and schools and like not trying to be funny, but I know down here in the South, they're celebrating their holidays and school. Sometimes schools close down like they're closed up north, too. And but the thing about protecting each other is the fact like going back in history. What was this street or somewhere where they had the businesses back in the day? And then uh, Tulsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We were thriving and then they got upset. Right. And mm-hmm. they burned. But my thing is, if all of us had stuck together and say, oh, wait a minute. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hell no, you're not coming in here. Like, how do you come in and burn a whole... You understand what I'm saying? Because we were afraid. So why is it that how... Okay, so when the Jewish band together and do stuff to elevate themselves, why nobody don't come and does mess up their flow? They Because you know why? They stick together and they make sure they protect each other. But we don't do that. It's like it's the divide and conquer. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something also, too. What's my favorite saying? You bubble quietly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference with mm-hmm. okay. the Jewish people also, too. The African-American culture, it's rooted. It's, it's you know, historical for where, you know, you make a little bit of money mm. and you have to show off. You buy the fancy talk, cars talk, talk, and all of that. It. Talk about it. Talk you, about the fancy it. Car, you're living in the projects, but you got the Benz and the Porsche outside. You got the gold chains and you got the necklace. Well, you know what I'm saying? Mm, all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Lisa's preaching. I'm a well, yes, keep talking about it. Yeah. And the the problem is, is that instead of taking that money to just showboat, Mm -hmm. you need to take that money and reinvest it in community and your education and in your children. That's the difference between African-American culture and other cultures. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's not only the Jewish cultures also as well. Arabs as well, Middle Eastern. They're over here too. And they're over here building their businesses. Chinese American. They're building their businesses. Mm-hmm. And they're passing it down in their families. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's not only them. 
But for us, uh, African-American, I, th- there was something there. There was a disconnect somewhere. But I let me ask that, you this. Do you think it's a sense of, and I'm just throwing it out there. I could be totally wrong. I'm already setting myself up. Is it jealousy amongst ourselves? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Absolutely. Yes. Because look at LeBron James. LeBron James is a great example of what he's doing. Right. With his with the school that he, you know, opened up a school and he's investing, but he's not a showboat unless he has. To, you understand what I'm saying? But the thing is, I remember when he was coming out with the school, there was a lot of things said about him. I mean, there's times where there are those leaders in the community. They do something and automatically like our people. I'm not talking about other people, but they start some of the comments like, oh, who he think he better than us or, you know what I'm saying? They start like saying stuff. So why do you think that is that we have this jealousy amongst ourselves, ladies? Because it is embedded in us because especially it's the jealousy, especially with if you look at it with the color, it is the light skin versus the dark skin. Why is that? It is the people with the, the hair, you know, mm-hmm. wavy, wavy, as opposed to somebody who their hair tightly coiled. Why is that? That doesn't mean that you're better than me. Mm. Okay. Your hair just does something different than mine's. And that's okay. We could learn from that. Oh, yeah. all right then. Well, I use this to do, you know, but we, it is embedded in it. It's divide and conquer what do you think oh go ahead they came in to divide and conquer because you know something we was living too good Mm. living too good and they wanted to divide and they wanted to conquer us lisa go ahead i see you poking up your lips go ahead no no I, i didn't have anything else to say i just i'm just agreeing with everything i mean at 2020 was another wake up call for everyone like Listen, we got to do things differently. We have to do things differently moving forward. Um, We can't do anything about the past as far as choices that were made. We can't do anything. We could do is move forward. We're picking up the baton right now and running with it and then passing it on to the younger generations, right? So the things, the, the call to action of things that we can do with passing this baton, right? Or when we pick up this baton, what do we do when we have it in our hand? Number one, like I've said, you have to buy black. Number two, you have to educate yourself. Number three, we need to open more businesses. And number four, we need to reinvest in black owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And number five, we need to support one another. Number six, I mean, I could keep going here. Stop me anytime. Number six, black, they need to read black fortunes by Shamari Wills. That is a very good book. Black Mm -hmm. fortunes. That's number six. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was going to make to your point of divide and conquer, you know, about it. I mean, it was done in history with Malcolm X and um, Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? Like, that's a perfect example of how they had the same goals uh, as far as, you know, wanting to, you know, um, make some changes for color folks. Mm -hmm. And look how that turned out. And Mm -hmm. why is that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Again. Divide and conquer. They mm-hmm. pit them against each other. They sure so, did. So this they is sure the reason did. why they was always like this. But they did have a lot of similarities also mm-hmm. that they did believe in. You know, they both they both, you know, fought for civil rights and they believed in that. Um, both of them, they went to jail. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they sat and they took to sat in jail, and it wasn't even like they were in there with a tin cup and saying "warden, warden." <laughs> they knew, they knew that they with being leaders that that is going to come. So they went in peacefully, did what they needed to do. And then they, they came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of them wanted justice and equality for African-Americans and they were powerful orators. And the funny thing is they both were 39 when they died. Isn't that, that is amazing. Like that's unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, the other thing I have to say uh, and, and, this research, um, Lisa, thank you, is that their wives mm-hmm. were both educated. And strong mm-hmm. black women. Very yep. strong. Because after they passed on, they were able to, mm-hmm. they were able to take that baton and keep on going. Exactly my strong, point where I was yeah. going with that. Yep. The legacy One, still kept. Yeah. One mm-hmm. thing that I, I knew was huge, too, like they both helped pass laws. Now, mm-hmm. I think Martin Luther King Jr., I did hear about that, but I had no idea about Malcolm X. Yeah. Helping to pass laws like that. No, I had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, I guess their styles were different. Their styles were very different, but they had the same message. Of yeah. Course. You know, but you have to look. But look at where they came from, because mm-hmm. with Martin Luther King, he came from a middle class mm-hmm. um, uh, Christian background where his father was a pastor. Mm-hmm. So um, he came from that, you know, uh, more calm, whereas Malcolm. Like the, Christian, now, the Christian background, like exactly. that Christian, but like turn the other cheek and all like it made sense correct. why he did peaceful protest because, but, you know, like, oh, love your enemies and all that good stuff. Exactly. But he's not Malcolm X. No. Nah. No. Nah. No, but with Malcolm X, his father was a pastor and he used to go to the different towns. However, however, the father was very, he was very outspoken. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't backing down. And, you know, the white people did not like that. So that's why they used to be coming after him all the time. So when Malcolm was six years old, he saw, you know, his father was murdered and his mother now had to raise all these kids. Mm-hmm. And another fun fact, though, um, if you read too, his mother was of West Indian descent. Mm. Yes. Wow. Yes, from Grenada. So she was half black, half white, and she oh. was too happy with being the white, the white part of her. But you know, when you're born, it is what it is. You can't, you can't change that. Wow, you know, no, normally people embrace the white part because back in the day it would have been easier for her to embrace. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And then also the father was killed by a white man. So I don't know, was her anger previous to that or was it after? That's a good question. That is a good question. Not sure about that one, but that's a, that's a good question. But um, but you know what's was, amazing I want to point out is the fact that this is a great example of, like you said, divide and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, understanding that at the end they did come together because I think they realized like, wait a minute, we're trying to do the same thing and we're mm-hmm. not going to let people. And I feel like at the end of the day, as a people, that's what we need to do. Understand that our differences Right. 
bring us like our upbringing like what our purpose is to do who we are as a people no matter what your background what is good to it's going to be spoken to that particular group of people right so then what do you do with that you're able, you have to be able to embrace a person that's different from you so you accomplish the goal you understand what i'm saying yeah. That you have to come because I think like sometimes, like you said, they're only able to divide and conquer because we don't understand like, hey, you're different. I'm different. And that's OK. I accept yeah. your differences because then when somebody's trying to come for you or trying to divide and conquer, I have to be like, oh, no, back up because I already know that. So there ain't nothing that you coming to me with because I already know that. You understand what I mean? Like, it's not strange. And maybe I don't know how you feel about that but that's my yeah. take on that yeah. and later that week but in history they write the books the way that they want to write the books yeah and the other thing too because i've and i and again in learning this is to understand why, right? So some historian, right? So if you look at something and you're an historian, right? Because being an historian is an actual job. These people write books. So you mm -hmm. have two perspectives. You can have an historian that's like, whoa, this is messed up. I'm going to highlight that this is messed up. There was Indian here. We Americans came in and killed these people. Like, that's not right. I'm going to fight. And they're going to give that perspective. But then you'll have an historian that's like, no, this is the land of the proud and the free. Like, I, I don't want no, you know, bad light shot, like shining on America. So, no, we came like, you know what I'm saying? We conquered. All these people were like savages and blah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's too different perspective because again you some people are proud americans they don't want like oh we did this i don't know i don't want us to look at the bad side of what we did you know what i'm saying and it's actually a, a thing you know and when you listen to like native americans talk about thanksgiving which was another thing like around thanksgiving that i didn't know they talked about the reason how thanksgiving came to be and it's sad so moving forward i'm not gonna celebrate thanksgiving anymore only because they were saying when the caucasian folks were killing them when they killed them that's why they call it thanksgiving is because they were killing them Every time they kill these chiefs or these tribal people, that's why they said, oh, it's Thanksgiving. So they celebrated the fact that they were killing these people and now it became Thanksgiving. And I'm like, OK, I'm no longer I'm sorry, going to celebrate that because it's just like you're you know, what I mean, like you're you're. I don't know if I'm making sense, but to me, it's like I didn't know that. I knew it was messed up, but like just to hear them talk about their ancestors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like how it came to be. It's just sad. I just mm -hmm. never yeah. heard it before. And I was just like, oh, that's horrible. I don't mm -hmm. want that. Because you know what I mean? You wouldn't. I don't know. It just made me feel like you're celebrating death. Exactly. Yeah, you feel like that. Yeah. But it's, no, I, I understand. Yeah, it, it but was. that's all part of history, right? Mm -hmm. We have to um, 
continue to do the research, mm-hmm. to read. We have to read different perspectives and then come up with our own conclusions, right? Mm-hmm. And make the change. So, right. And then make the change, yeah. Right. Because it's, I think a lot of times, too, as people, we can say, okay, I know that this was wrong, but I'm still going to do what I want to do, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. and I'm not telling people do what you want to do, you know, celebrate what you want to celebrate, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes you have to draw the line to mm-hmm. say I'm no longer going to contribute to like this behavior because the foundation of it is not right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm no longer going to support this because this is actually how it came about. So I'm no longer going to be And sometimes that's harder for us to do as a people, just because we get into like, Oh, well I know it's wrong, but I'm comfortable I don't want to like push, you know what I mean? I don't want to like push the boundaries too much because I don't want to be called out or I don't want to be like, okay, well, everybody's doing it. I'm the only lawn wolf and all this other stuff. So sometimes I think it's hard. Yeah. But in this day and age, what did Bob Marley said? You got to stand up for your rights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You got to stand up for what you believe. And because if you don't stand up for what you believe, you're liable to fall for anything. Mm -hmm. Right. So, that is correct. You have to be confident in your decision and mm-hmm. how you feel. And you just have to, you know, and I, and I think there's some progress because I think there's some holidays that they're changing now. Like one of them is Columbus Day. Oh, yeah. It's no longer a national. Yeah. That so, and, and interject what let's even talk about the Christmas, how they in, put Kwanzaa with it now. Because before mm-hmm. how many years ago nobody wasn't even talking about no Kwanzaa. But then when somebody mm-hmm. stood up, it just mm-hmm. takes one person to stand up, then everybody else will follow. But you have to be strong in that. And then things mm-hmm. slowly change. And now look, they do they, they celebrate the Christmas, the Kwanzaa and, and the Hanukkah. It's becoming diverse. Yes. Like you have to be diverse. Exactly. You have to accept all different type of, you know, exactly all different walks of life. That's what this, you know, country is all about, you know? Yeah. And then um, I had the conversation with my brother and sister-in-law. It's one of the neighbors have Merry Christmas in their on the front of their lawn all the way across Merry Christmas mm-hmm. they were saying that some people were saying that oh that might be offensive maybe you need to put happy holidays in their lawn so, on their front lawn with their Christmas decorations right they have all Christmas decorations but across the whole entire lawn he's got the words Merry Christmas right and it's all lit up and everything and he was saying that some people were saying like oh that might be offensive that you should probably put happy holidays and I said well well maybe he celebrates Christmas because then if that's the the case then why don't we just put a sign out that says Merry Christmas Happy Hanukkah mm-hmm. Happy Kwanzaa just just I'm going to put a sign out now that says happy Valentine's day. Right. But happy the St. Patrick's day. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, but explain to me that's day. his, okay, so he's paying, that's his, that's why I said that's his lawn. Mm-hmm. So I am paying taxes on my property. So you now are coming to say that my, my rights, cause let's go back to the right. He has a right, mm-hmm. right. To say, to do that. So it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, 
I don't know about that one. Yeah, but Listen, anyway, but the point is, is the man is, with his Merry Christmas. I take the Merry Christmas over the the flag that says Trump for president. So let's leave the Merry Christmas right there, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I I remember in hospitality a while back they did that though they were telling hospitality like we couldn't say merry christmas remember that and they told us i know i don't remember what year oh, it was. you might be right yeah I think, they, I, I think i heard something like that you have to say happy holidays yeah, yeah I and that. i, I was so. i was i was defiant i was saying merry christmas i'm like y'all can find me if y'all want to but y'all not gonna tell me what i can't and cannot mm-hmm. tell people but like I, I didn't offend people like some people that didn't sell because you have to respect people but the thing is, if somebody was telling me merry christmas i wasn't saying happy holidays back to them you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear saying it to me, but I remember you say it. Uh, what you say what they say. Yeah, but I remember that they they passed that that we couldn't say. I remember that. Merry yeah. Christmas in the hospitality industry, you had to say Happy Holidays. But in the hotel, um, in uh, Greenbelt, they had a before the transition, they had a menorah up there too. Did I say that right? Uh huh. No. No. Yes. Yes, it is a menorah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had that up there. But yeah, so getting back to what we were talking about, the history, we have to just continue to educate ourselves. We have to just read. We have to read. We can't take what somebody says necessarily for face value. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beautiful to- thing about Google. Now you have no excuse. Right. You have no excuse. Somebody says something to you, you don't fully understand it, get them fingers, start punching in mm-hmm. the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And look at all different perspectives. Just because you mm-hmm. read one book, like there could be another book that contradicts it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not everything is so black and white as they mm-hmm. sometimes want you to like believe, okay, this is true. This is factual. Nothing is. Again, with history, you know, like the Middle East, they, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it has like a, like a negative vibe to it. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. all angry and whatever and even when i went over to the ue it was like you felt in the air like you felt the love everybody was peace mm-hmm. you know the place was clean like everybody was so you mm-hmm. just felt it in the air like what like this is not what i expected right again you have to do the research mm-hmm. you have to you know read and up on this. it goes back to having conversation with people Right. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't experience it, Lisa, you wouldn't know. But the thing is, like, if we just stick to our bubble and we don't have, you know what I'm saying? The conversation with people of different, you know, culture, different things. You never because I know people from, you know, all over and, you know, they travel and you're like, oh, really? Like they, their life that they're living there, Dubai, like all over Ethiopia, all over. And you're thinking to yourself, like, wait a minute. Like there shouldn't you like for me, you're thinking like nobody should be living there because it's a war zone. But but it's not these people like especially working in hospitality. There were Caucasian folks that I remember would come to my hotel and, you know, you ask people, oh, what do you do and stuff like that? And they're going overseas to build businesses. Yep. They're having lives like they only come to America to check on family, maybe for the holidays, but they rooted themselves and their families over there. So my thing is, again, I can see it. I can see it. When I came back, I was like, yo, if something (laughs) comes up, I'll transfer. I'll be out. 
Yeah. But I can live here. I was mm-hmm. like, I can live here. Yeah. You can make it and like, yeah, I, I completely agree with the history, learning your own history. So one yes. of the questions today in my homework assignment was, does history repeat itself? Yeah, unfortunately hmm. it does. It, 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 I think it repeats itself. It might not be identical, mm-hmm. but in some shape or form, it does repeat itself, unfortunately. Why do you it think should. that is? Because people are not educating themselves. People are not, you know, they're not learning from their mistakes. Nobody's, about you, looking, to break, nobody's looking to break the cycle. In, in order for that, mm. for it to stop and for it to change, you must, somebody has to be strong enough to break the cycle and go the opposite direction from where it has been going before. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are just, they're just not enough that are strong enough to do that. Um, if one person is doing it, it, it you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, you know, to, it's like one person trying to go through a crowd of people going in one direction. You fighting through mm-hmm. and people just, you know, bumping you, bumping you, bumping you after a while you get weary. But if 10 or 12 people going in and we going in as a group now, that's a different story now because we getting through much faster because there's more of us. But mm-hmm. it's about breaking that cycle. And it's about, yeah, definitely about breaking the cycle. Lisa? I'll piggyback on that to give you another example. Breaking the cycle is how we can affect and change too is by buying black, right? Mm-hmm. So everything we go to, I know I'm guilty of it. I'm quick to go to Amazon. It's just mm-hmm. easy. I get my stuff here in two days or whatever. There's a platform. It's we buy black. And it's set up the same thing like Amazon. You go on there. There's something that you want. They have all these different vendors, but it's all black Vendors. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I bought some laundry detergent from them. I need to use laundry detergent. How was <laughs> So the laundry detergent is f- by a black company. Mm-hmm. Two men who started this, you know, company. So I'm trying to make the conscious decision. Like when I get ready to go buy something real quick, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, wait, that's what I got to break. The, cycle, right. the habit, the habit mm-hmm. of it's so easy to go on Amazon. You know it's familiar, whatever. But no, I need to stop, step back, and go to buy black. I might not get it in two days, mm-hmm. but I'm I need to make the conscious change, right? And I feel like that's where I can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna hit you in the pocket, I'm right? Saying, right, I'm hit you in the pocket. That's where I'm gonna make a difference. That's a good point, though. I think I think like I think what you're saying is very a lot of people can relate to that. We pay for convenience, right? We pay for. okay, like you just mentioned, I know it's going to get there in two days. That's why they've been successful, like Amazon, you know, eBay and all those places are successful because of the fact that they've been able to. Hey, we know what the consumer need. So we're going to deliver. So with mm-hmm. us and like I, I, I think like Terry said, if we if we join more, if more people join, you know what I'm saying? In that fight, then mm-hmm. eventually you will be able to get it there in two days. But more people have to join in, you know what I'm saying? In that fight for us to be able to get it to where we get it in two days. Because like you said, they are everything that we need. There is a black owner that can produce it 
you just, again, the convenience is not there yet until mm-hmm. we start, you know. So it's called webuyblack.com. I'm looking at it right okay. now. And I mean, from kitchen bags, it's not called Glad, but this is a Black-owned company. It's called Happy. Yo, I can't hear <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> they have clothes on here. They got makeup on here. They got hair products. They got hair wraps, beard kit, toothbrush, purses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything. So that's like, we got to make the conscious decision. Like, okay, I need to go and do this. I need to. So, um, so ladies. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen and uh, people that are listening and following us, you know, we really want you to think about how how are you passing the baton? Mm -hmm. Uh, The question is, let me let me rephrase that. Have you gotten the baton? If you have gotten the baton, how are you passing it? What will you do to help elevate the next level? That's a thought that I want Mm. you to really think about it. Yep. So ladies, this was was some good, good cook up here. It was a good, (laughs) nice cook up here. Ping, 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 ping. Exactly. All right, ladies. Till next time. Yes, and we are out. Thank you for joining us this week on Unfiltered Lyman with BLT. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook page. As always, subscribe to our show to catch every new episode. Leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh and exciting content. See you next Thursday, same time, same station. Unfiltered Lyman with BLT is edited and produced by Unfiltered Lyman with BLT. This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC. This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC.